Welcome back to Marathon Swim Stories. I'm Shannon Keegan, Swim Efficiency Coach at Intrepid Water. I can almost remember the first time that Gia joined us at Marathon Swim Stories, way back in the early days of the pandemic. Gosh, what was that, three months ago? She's been a constant on our calls, and today I finally got to hear her story. Gia is an award winner and product of the New York City Parks and Recreation Adult Lap Swim Program, and still feels hard-pressed to call herself an athlete. Labels aside, I spot a fellow limit pusher, and I love how Gia talks about opening her mind to the possibilities, as you hear tales of swims in Boston, New York, New Jersey, Key West, Lido Key, Charleston, and busting the Canadian border in Vermont. A hardcore marathon swimmer. Among other things, she describes spontaneously adapting and out-of-body experiences. I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, Gia. You ready? I am ready. Okay. What's your story? My story. Okay, I guess um, I'm supposed to start from the start. So um, I always loved the water and I wasn't very athletic at all to the point that I don't know if everyone else remembers this, but they have something called the Presidential Fitness Awards. And just in the third grade, I remember one day we were all just playing in the playground and the gym teacher blew a whistle and he said, now run a mile. I was like, what the hell is this? And I still remember it took me 15 minutes and 55 seconds. And I just, I think something about that, I, I just realized or felt that I wasn't an athlete or athletic. So I didn't join a swim team and I went through a high school that had compulsory sports, but that's what it felt like. I just did the bare minimum of what I could do to get through it. Um, and I went to school, I went to college at UC Berkeley, which is kind of like a feeder school for the swimming Olympics. But um, my friend rode crew there. And then she said, why don't you just come to the gym with me? And I said, what are you talking about? Why would I go and purposely <laughs> do this now that I'm free of compulsory sports? But I went and got on those machines. And I think it did something to my endurance. And then um, I took her suntanning, which she didn't care for. But there's this 33 and a third yard marble rooftop pool at Berkeley. And um, I just jumped in and I was going to do one length just to cool off. And I just kept on going. And I think I did 25 laps or something like that. And that's when I uh, decided that was going to be the way I worked out. So I, would, I wouldn't have to run anymore. I wouldn't have to go on these machines. Um, so I did some of that. And then it wasn't until um, 2007. I was working at a burger shop before going to graduate school. And this is in San Francisco. And we got a lot of free burgers. And my coworker was this 19-year-old gal. And we were talking about how we had to get into shape. So I said, well, what I really want to do is swim. And she said, oh, there's a public pool here. Let's go. And I said, I don't even know how to do a flip turn. And it turned out she had been um, a high school swimmer. So she taught me how to do a flip turn. Anyway, not to run long, but then I looked for races because by then I had done a 3K or a 5K road race. And um, I thought, oh, that would be, maybe there's a race for swimming. Um, and there was, there was a one mile race 
in my home city of Boston in the Charles River. And that was really wild. So I just trained and trained and trained because um, one mile seemed like so much. And the night before it, it rained, so they showed scientists on local TV testing the water. And I was just hoping that they would cancel it because I was so scared. But then I did it and it was, um, it was just indescribable. Probably all of you sort of remember a first open water swimming experience. And after that, I just found other opportunities to swim. And then the distance kept creeping up. Um, and a big part of it, I moved to New York City in 2010 and found the swimming culture there. And then that, that took me the rest of the way kind of to now. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, when was your, just having, having, the, having read your bio before we met, tell me about your, the Lap Swim Awards. Yeah. <laughs> I've never so, heard of that before. <laughs> oh my God. When I first got to New York City, it was, I was out of this grad school program that I didn't really end up using. It was the worst of the recession when I got out. And I was just having endless summer at my mom's house. And basically a family friend in Queens who had a shoe discount warehouse a wholesale discount shoe warehouse in Little Ferry, New Jersey, and lived in College Point, Queens. So for anyone who knows the geography, it's really far. And um, I stayed in their basement in College Point. Then I drove the company van across um, the Whitestone Brit, just traffic everywhere, crossing all the boroughs of New York and then threading over to New Jersey over the George Washington Bridge. And it was, it was the most hellish thing ever. But then I found out about um, the, the swimming pools because bef right before I had moved there in summer of 2009, I think it was Labor Day weekend and um, the friends I, I was staying with said, oh, let's bike to the Red Hook pool. So we went to this pool and at the end of the summer, not a lot of people are there actually. So it was this gigantic pool. And I remember standing there and saying, you don't need my ID, you don't need money you don't, I just need to show you this lock and are you serious? I can just go in and they said, yeah, 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 go in, go in. And um, it was a pool without end. Cause I, I just remember swimming and swimming and swimming without looking and um, there's just no end. So that's how I knew about it, but they have an adult lap swim program. So before and after working hours, you can go in and track your miles. So I, I guess it started with going for a t-shirt because if you do 25 miles over the course of the summer you get this ugly t-shirt <laughs> and I thought maybe I can do that and just by going every day it was um a real relief from that uh eventually I did move to the upper east side of Manhattan and I was sharing a studio paying $500 and sleeping in the same bed with my gay best friend and it was so intense and I was still commuting now. So I didn't have to drive the van, but I had to use three different conveyances plus a 15 minute walk to get to work at the time. But after work, I started going to Lasker pool and swimming and it really um, saved me because I looked forward to that. And I can't explain that stretch of time felt like it, it wouldn't end. And I felt like I would never um, escape. I would never um, get beyond that time period. So mm. swimming really helped. Um, so every year I've done that. But I accidentally won an award because a lot of people don't really track their miles or 
they don't show up dependably. And then suddenly they said, oh, um, you won, I think it was third place or second place at Lasker. Um, so can you come to the banquet? So I said, yeah, sure. <laughs> and it was after work on a, on a Tuesday or Wednesday. And it was crazy. So the city gets um, trophies for the first, second in place, male and female, morning and evening <laughs> winners from about 11 or 12 pools. Wow. And they have a, a guitarist or a pianist who's playing covers of like Bruce Hornsby and playing all these things. And, um, they, and the parks commissioner comes out and makes a speech and um, they have a huge layout of food and drink and then um, just give out these trophies. And that's when I realized there are a lot of swimmers in New York City and that first year of my participation, because I was swimming so much, um, I dared to do the three mile aquarium swim um, out by Coney Island. And I didn't know anyone at the time. And I just remember thinking that was like breaking the sound barrier for me because one mile was enough. And I thought three miles is not something anyone does. That's, that's a little crazy, but then people talk about their gateway being a 10K usually, but for me, it was just three miles. Cause once I did that, uh, mentally I thought, oh, that felt, I mean, that was really intense and I was slow, <laughs> but um, I felt like I could do more. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. The public so, pools in New York City helped me get to that point. That's awesome. Um, so what was your first marathon swim? My first marathon swim, um, does so that would be a 10k but i don't know if little red lighthouse counts because that's um current assisted but that was hard that was different from the spite and dival 10k they have now and i remember really overtraining for that but um i i think the first one that i completed okay so after i did the little red lighthouse 10k still not knowing many people i signed up for the boston light swim and I, I was just kind of like, I didn't know about feedings. I didn't know. And you need a support boat with a marine radio, but there's no kayaker. Basically, I didn't know what I was doing. And I remember um, at the informational meeting, Greg O'Connor thankfully told us about Desitin. And he said, it's like a t-shirt. So then I went and bought Desitin that same night and put it all over me. And um, I didn't finish because it was five miles. And I could see there's a handball court that marks the finish. It's just this white wall and I felt like I was so close but um I really wasn't and th there are things I didn't know sighting the cold the water was probably in the 50s when we jumped in I I just didn't understand because I'll jump into anything anytime but that's different from I told people it's like when you burn yourself but the cold version of that but there's nowhere to retract to that's how it felt for the first hour and a half of that swim um but then I saw, um, anyway, I went through with um, the Cape May circumnavigation experiment. So that was a one-off. It was this crazy swim. It's 15 miles swim around Cape May. And um, that was not a DNF. That was a swim interrupted. Because I do believe I got to 13 miles. And then the Coast Guard came around pulling people out. Because someone had gotten lost and wandered off and not really... Um, told people and so they brought in the helicopters and they brought in the ships so um that was a swim interrupted i guess those were my first um 
marathon experiences. Mm -hmm. the, the first completed one was, um, I feel like I'm talking so much, but I met David Barra at, that's when I started meeting people at Cape May mm -hmm. uh, and Boston Light, but at Cape May, um, David Barra, I was staying with Dave Barra and a bunch of other hardcore swimmers. And when I walked up to this house, they're sitting around a porch vehemently discussing Diana Nyad. And I can't tell you how intimidated I was. And when I got pulled out of that swim, I just thought, God damn it, I'm going to come back and they're all just going to be like, this small fry didn't make it, but they all had something crazy happen. So David pulled out early on because of his shoulder and someone else got diarrhea and only, um, this one man who was hung over from his flight from San Francisco made it and he couldn't believe it. <laughs> but David said, I'm doing this thing called eight bridges and it's kind of new. And he said, I think you could make it. So then I thought about it and then um, I signed up for stage four and I thought I was learning so much. Like I'd learned that I have to feed, for example, but I just still didn't understand. And I just chose it based on scenery but um, I got away with it. I, I did it. And I wasn't even last. There were 11 people, but I was third from last. I wouldn't have cared if I was last, but the point is I, I beat the tide. So my time was um, 6.05 or something. And um, it, was, it was a perfect day, basically. That's awesome. That was my first marathon swim completed. How do you describe the feeling of completing a marathon swim? Um, I think it's a lot like hiking. I don't know if people hike, but, um, I learned to ignore the, that part where you think, am I there yet? Am I there yet? Am I there yet? Am I there yet? And just completely forget about it so that now when it happens, it's always, um, a little bit surreal and like an out of body experience. I, I feel a little kind of weird distance from it and I just end up uh, finished if, if I did finish. Yeah. 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 Can you tell us about this one you're most proud of? Mm, you know, I was pretty proud of, um, I'm proud of a lot of DNFs. Um, I have a lot of completed swims as well, but the DNFs are always, I've learned a lot from them. And what I've found is it usually came down to speed because it wasn't that I got sick. It wasn't that I got cold or anything like that. So Cape May was certainly one of those where the swim itself ha was ended before I got out. And then um, I'm pretty proud of last year, actually, Finger Lakes Open Water Swim, because I think over half the people dropped out and some of them were wearing wetsuits. Um, and I remember Bridget said, okay, so the water's 65. It was at the end of September. And um, people just... We're like, oh, okay. And I thought that means 62. So when you jump in, think 62. And when we jumped in, it felt honestly like um, 59. And so I guess it was hovering around 60 the whole time. And um, I did that 10.5 mile swim and I was pretty proud. I also though feel like I got away with it in a way because maybe I have some, some level of natural um, tolerance for cooler water that helped me to do that. But it made me feel good because I certainly, I don't have speed on my side or anything like that. So it was like a little gift that I didn't really know about. Um, 
So I, I was really pleased with that swim. Mm -hmm. Sounds like something to be pleased about. Uh, yeah, I love, and then discovering those kind of gifts about yourself as kind of this, I think, part of, becomes kind of part of marathon swimming. It's like, the like, what couldn't I do? It's like, you keep discovering, oh, and I can do that, and I can do that, and I think that's maybe what we all kind of seek in a way. Actually, uh, a border buster, too. I tried that last year, and I thought they extended the time from 10.5 hours total to 11.5, so I thought, I have a pretty good chance of making it, you know, if I train up. Um, and I don't have to really freak out about my time, just my average time. It, it makes sense that I, I could make it. I'm not just going shoot, going for the stars here. And Lynn was kayaking for me. And there is a point um, at which she said, hey, do you think you can pick it up a little bit? Because um, four or five people passed you. And I think you could gain that ground back. And if you just pick it up a little bit. And I remember just thinking that going back to that whole thing of not being an athlete, being just the most unathletic person and having that ingrained in you, um, my, my initial reaction and just not really being a competitive person, I just thought, oh my God, I hate this so much. Who cares if I'm last? I don't care if I don't finish. But then I thought, why don't I just do exactly what she said? Why don't I just try? So then I put in, I stepped on the gas a bit and I put in the energy um, as if I would was trying to pass someone in the pool, which is actually a lot of energy. And I don't know how it looked from the surface. I probably still looked very mellow, but I was, I was pushing it and it lasted for a couple of hours. And then I did uh, at least get to the Canadian border. And again, I wasn't fast enough overall to finish, but um, that was another surprise thing that I found out that I'm proud of, that I can sustain um, a push for for hours, mm -hmm. um, something to think about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's interesting. I think too, just coming from a non non athletic background, like you just you know, like you mentioned, and not feeling competitive to be in those I don't know to be in those environments. But do you find that you accept kind of coaching like that? It sounds like you kind of convinced yourself to listen to Lynn, but is that more because you trusted her? <laughs> or... yeah, I, I do, but and it's also um, wanting to be open and um, actually owning a bit of athleticism at this point, because it's easy to lose perspective. All of you in this room are leagues more experienced than me, I feel, and have um, a lot more swims under your belt to prove it. And yet, um, not many people would even swim a thousand yards. Um, it's just, yeah, when I take myself out of the perspective, it's kind of a, a hardcore thing to be doing <laughs> is swimming these long swims yeah. training for them um swimming twice a day while working and um so I, I am if i am doing these athletic things i can learn athletic take some athletic instruction and advice and get into the mentality a little bit because yeah. um of course i want to learn and grow and be more efficient and avoid injury and you know all those things are important um, but yeah, there was, it's, it's weird to not have that mentality. It, it was hard to, it, it took an actual effort to open up to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I hear your stories, I think that you have acres and acres of experience. I don't think you could possibly sit and be like, oh, well, no, these people have more experience than me. It's not true. <laughs> and we all, whatever experiences we have, it's perfect. We're all just right where we're supposed to be. So. Just having said that, where's your favorite place to swim? 
I mean, um, I have so many favorite places, but I can't believe that I think my answer really is for now, um, the New York City public pools. And it's so sad because I've been talking about how, how much I dread going back and how that life's not for me and how over the next two years when I'm in part-time journalism school that my single most goal is to leave New York City. And yet I thought about it because um, I love swimming also outdoors in natural water, but there's no one place I can choose, but all the miles I've swum in the city pools and all the people I've met and swum next to whether or not I knew them. Um, I mean, that's a decade of, I, I owe uh, my involvement in marathon swimming to those pools. And it makes me a little emotional to think about it, but that, that is my favorite place for now. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, what's the all-time favorite event that you participated in? Uh, I don't know about all time, but a really fun one was um, Lido Key in 2017. And that was in April and it kicked off a humongous year. Cause that year I did all these New York open water swims and I did um, my first Finger Lakes open water 10 mile. And then the week after that, I swam around Charleston, which is a 12 mile swim. Uh, Lido Key was important cause one thing I didn't mention in 2016, I went too bad Christopher Grafe isn't here because <laughs> he would, there's someone named Sydney um, Didier who I haven't, caught up with in a while and um, I, I think about her a lot but she couldn't make it because I think her husband was having some health issues the whole idea was we we're all going to just go show up at, and swim around Key West but she said oh you can have my spot and um, Chris and Justin so Justin's his college friend who's like a multi-athlete triathlete who is kayaking for him <laughs> And when I stayed with them, they were so nice. But I just remember thinking, oh, my God, they even they even nap efficiently. And they were just cutting up <laughs> Carbo Pro with their credit cards, like <laughs> making it extra fine. And I learned some more. But that was one time that I was completely untrained. I mean, I meant to train. I'm notorious for being a summer, um, a seasonal trainer. So I kept meaning to and meaning to. And I didn't do anything, anything. But I remember thinking, oh, I'll just um, make a trip of it and enjoy the water. And it's not going to be pretty and I'll be really sore, but I'll just put one arm in front of another. And that was a huge learning experience where it's like, you have to do your homework and know if you're going to get shut out by the tides. And it was, frankly, it was really humiliating because I was really happy. Um, plus, I got a volunteer kayaker who kind of bailed and then he sent his younger sister to do it and she was visibly just unhappy to be there. Um, I was really happy seeing the clear water, but then around the fourth mile, the huge boat came by me and I was all alone. And they said, you're swimming like a mile an hour. And, and basically the tide already shifted and you're not gonna make it. So do you wanna swim more? And I, at first I said, sure, I'll, I'll, sw I'll swim a little more, yeah. And then, um, also the day before when we went swimming offshore of the hotel, I got stung by a man of war and I never saw it, but my ankle, um, it was just like science fiction. So I was swimming with that and people to this day say that that 
was probably why I was so slow, but it wasn't everybody. I was just really untrained and the water was hotter than our blood. It was just really hot water. I was super untrained. I thought I was swimming at a relaxed, normal pace, but it really was probably a, a mile an hour, which is yeah. hard to believe. Um, yeah, so I got out and I felt like crap and I had a serious slump and I felt um, like I really didn't belong. I just felt like I was just screwing around and I took a hobby and thought that I could just do something like that with no research or knowledge. I got pretty hard on myself and then people were super supportive, but I still felt, you know, crappy. And so that's why Lido Key, I trained and trained and trained and trained off season, not in the summer. And I remember being so scared I wouldn't make the time limit. I, and I actually, I was just really trying. But um, when I finished, it was, and all the, all the friends I had made, there was a good group of people there who um, all at the same time. And um, when I stopped, they, they had had all these craft beers so another thing is when I'm swimming, I'm always like, food, alcohol, food, alcohol. I'm going to eat and drink so much. I'm going to have a burger and I'm going to have a six pack. But I never do. When I get out, I don't really feel like eating or drinking right in that moment. But anyway, they had a whole range of craft beers, fancy beers. All those were gone and they had Bud Light. <laughs> kind of like room temperature Bud Light sitting out. And so I found um, Ed Riley, and maybe some of you know him, because I just knew he, I was like, Ed, Ed, someone has to come and shotgun a beer with me. <laughs> it's such a bro story, but we just drank one of those horrible beers and just made a hole in the can, and there was a, a video of us. It was that kind of swim. Then I just ran upstairs to shower, and when I came out, um, they saved a medal for me, because I guess they gave... Um, medals for every single age group and gave six places so it wasn't first second third all the way to the sixth so there were only seven people who swum in my age group and i got the sixth medal and i just couldn't believe it anyway that was um a really fun time and then the whole year was um amazing so i call it my comeback swim and it's the first time i got to swim around something for god's sake because of Cape May, because of yeah. uh, the swim around Key West. And finally, I swam around something. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, that's quite a feeling to it. Yeah. I, um, I just, yeah, I love that story. I love all your connections and experiences. And I can't believe all the places that you swam. That's so cool. <laughs> so talk, talk to me about a, um, kind of adapting in those hard moments and getting through. I mean, you've definitely gotten through a lot of really hard moments. I can't believe some of the feedback you've gotten, like the boat saying. <laughs> I can't believe that story about um, Key West. That's, I'm sorry you had to go through that. Yeah, how did you kind of dealt with some of that? Me. And then the, the, that boat trip back was interesting because she was um, an ultra feminist and then she was telling me about her experiences um, in athletics before Title IX and everything. And I just thought, whoa, like, so I don't think she meant to be mean, but it just is just how it was. And I was out of place there um, at the time. But adapting, uh, I think that it just sort of happens, honestly, because even if conditions are, bad conditions are abrupt, uh, I'm just in them and just still going. And a lot of times it's only later that I realize how 
that it was. And actually, Swim Around Charleston is another swim that I really, they had a sketchy, a, a time limit that w- would have been hard for me to meet. And I knew that, but the winds, I think the winds were 25 miles an hour. It was really some nasty wind there. And they said because of it, they were lifting the time limit. So then I felt great. I just was like, bring it on. Then I might actually finish this thing. And for once I looked at the map, because speaking of opening your mind, I had this thing where I didn't want to see what I was getting into. I wanted to just take it as it came. But I did look at the map the night before, and there's this whole backside of the river that I realized I wouldn't see the, that next bridge, the bridge close to the finish for a long time. So I think that actually helped me a lot because I told myself, you're gonna really feel that you're in the, in the weeds. And it was kind of, it was, it was kind of marsh waters. And there's a point at which I thought, I'm not likely to finish this. I can't believe this. The conditions were so, so, and the water again was so hot and it, it was extremely windy and I just saw seagrass and I just felt completely lost. I also have a zigzagging problem, a poor <laughs> kayaker. So we're going and going, um, but, uh, but I just, I, I made it through because I thought this is, this was how it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And I just kept going because no one told me not to. And then I developed a strategy. So I'm, I'm used to seeing, so the slower swimmers will know this feeling, but you see the big boat and it comes around and it checks on you and it comes around and it checks on you. So then when it did that, I just start put on a big show and started really like looking like I was um, cruising. And I think it worked because if I had been, <laughs> if I just stayed the way I, I was going, um, in in my stead or in my forever pace in those conditions they might have been like hey are you okay i don't know if you're gonna really make it um and but it was only later the next day the conditions were similar and we all went into charleston and looked out over the water and i thought we were in that and i just i can't believe it it the whole time it was it was like that um so it's only something i i see in retrospect um, interesting yeah. just how hard it was maybe yeah that's cool um what advice would you give for aspiring marathon swimmers um, I think um there's a lot of advice out there about um physical training and mentality but I think maybe again it's um hiking and loving nature, but there's also a bit of um, surrender that um, you, you don't step into the, that adage that you don't step into the same water twice and you're not ever really the same person twice. So you never do know what you're gonna get and there's always that intangible factor that sometimes it will be your day and sometimes it won't. And I think that um, can relieve some of the the pressures and bring you back to just, you know, the enjoyment and the wonder of being in these um, environments that no one else, you know, seeing perspectives that no one else would unless they were in this crazy sport. So um, I think it would be just really enjoy it and realize you're in nature when you're doing these things. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. uh, 
some friends were telling me about they saw like a deer chase a bobcat up a tree to protect her fawn but they, it's one of those things you only would ever have seen from being in the water you know mm-hmm. like we are so gifted to be able to be in the middle of a body of water it's like I don't know it's yeah it is a gift that's great that's a great that's great advice too I love that I'm also going to send you the Zoom, the transcript from the chat because there was some great discussion in there about the athlete label. And it's like, I've huh. always, I have trouble with labels. Like I have trouble yeah. like using them. It's been, and it's almost paralyzing to a time because I don't know how to categorize or qualify something, but <laughs> because I don't want to, because I feel like once you label it, then it's determined. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, it's, just, it's, it's been interesting to hear you talk about that, but um, you've had awesome awesome experiences thank you so much for sharing them with us today i really appreciate it having me (laughs) yeah all right you guys um we'll see you next week i think we have marlene mccoy we're crossing the pond next week and um darren miller maybe next thursday so fun stuff coming up have a great weekend thanks everyone have fun this weekend thank you Are you ready to swim smarter? Check out my virtual Efficient Swimming Basics program at intrepidwater.com. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. If you'd like to be a guest on Marathon Swim Stories, just email me, shannon at intrepidwater.com. Please stay in touch by joining our email list at intrepidwater.com. Thanks for listening.